Hi everyone, welcome to the True Crime Podcast, where we mostly focus on San Diego cases. My name is Arena. And I'm Renette. Hi, Arena. Hi, Renette. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just working a lot and dealing with this damn desert heat. <laughs> yeah, it's, it looks awful. I've seen your post on Instagram and it just looks miserable. <laughs> I only go outside during the daytime to get the mail. I don't do anything else. Every t- every time I go outside, I it, the sun has to be away because it's still hot, but I don't want to get burnt. <laughs> what was the attempt today? Um, um, I never went outside, but I think it was at the 102. Oh, geez. I seen <laughs> on the news today that there's a heat advisory warning for the deserts and I think it went into place for the next few days but I've seen some places are getting up to 111 or 115. Oh yeah I'm looking at the weather okay so apparently right now it is 103. Um, right now? Some, apparently yeah. Oh god. And uh, it's 8 oh it's 8 15 p.m. <laughs> Jesus. And um, Thursday and Friday it's going to be in the 110s and then Oh, 118 on Sunday. Oh, my God. Oh, I am not leaving. No, stay in the comfort of your AC. Yes. Yep. Right now in Chula Vista, it's 73 degrees. And the highest it's going to get this week is, let's see. Well, today was the hottest day. It was actually 82 degrees, which felt awful to me. It's really, it feels humid, but I'm I'm like warm-blooded because I'm always hot. Yeah. Hate it. I know. I honestly, I'm always hot too. And the humidity though kills me. I just can't with humidity. No, it gives me like headaches and you just feel gross. You get out of the shower and you're like feeling sweaty already. It's just gross. Yeah. And then like, yeah, the only good thing about the desert heat over here is that it's really dry. So you don't really like sweat too much. Yeah. kind of, you're just like standing and dry and you turn into a raisin. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You just shrivel up. Um, but it was so much fun seeing you. I know. I'm so happy. I finally got to see you. It was like, it was just, we went into it as if like we had just seen each other the week before. I know. So natural. And then, um, it was fun to see Sal too, of course. And then meeting up with Christina and you meeting Liana. And She's so nice. I like I know. her. I, it was so much fun. It was such a fun night. It was. It really was. I mean, despite the phone call that I got. <gasps> I know, I'm Minus so sorry. That part. Yeah. yeah. So going through that, you know, just trying to be there for my dad. Uh, yeah. My For people listening, my stepmom had passed away. On Saturday, Arena and I were out having drinks and got a bunch of missed calls. And then, you know, when someone starts the phone call with like, are you sitting down? That's uh, <laughs> never good worst. news. Yeah. It's the worst because the only other time I received a phone call where when I said hello and someone said, Renette, are you sitting down? It was from my father-in-law when he called to tell me about, you know, my mother-in-law, a stroke she had, which, you know, ended up unfortunately taking her eventually. But anyways, it's never good news when someone starts it off that way. Um, But anyways, you know, we're going through it and it's just, you know, it's going to be a whole process. Yeah. I mean, that was awful, but hope everything is okay. Hope your dad's doing well, too. Yeah, he's doing better. He has his moments where, you know, he's down in the deepness of the sadness and all that. But yeah. I mean, his family who's supporting him and my Aunt Vicky and my cousin Starla are just like the best, biggest support system that he has. So 
dead. Anyways, enough of that. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's get into the case. Yeah, so today's case is going to be another local San Diego case. Um, and the case is, well, I always get confused. So should I talk about, should it be referred to as the person who committed the crime or is it the victim? I don't know. Sometimes like they flip back and forth, like documentaries or podcast titles and stuff. So um, I guess what you can choose whichever. Well, I mean, when they say the Dahmer case, I mean, he had so many like victims, right? I'm just going to go with the, the monster. So we're going to talk about Vegas Bray. Okay, Vegas Bray. That's uh, very um, coincidental that her name is Vegas and I live in Vegas. <laughs> Right. And I thought it was a nickname that she might have went by, but it was actually her birth given name. I was going to say, is that like a name she gave herself later on? But really, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just get straight into it. Um, At around 3.45 p.m. on October 16th, 2012, 24-year-old Vegas Bray made a call to 911. Vegas was very emotional. She was just super frantic on the call. And she told the dispatcher that she found her ex-boyfriend, 31-year-old Victor Saucedo, lying on the floor of his Imperial Beach apartment in a pool of blood. Oh, my God. And the wild thing I want to say is um, I was off today. So this morning, I went to Imperial Beach to have breakfast with my tia Amada. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew this case took place in Imperial Beach. And, you know, they said the apartment complex name, which was Mariner's Point. So as I'm driving back home, leaving IB, I was at a stoplight. And I looked, you know, straight ahead to the right. I was like, I was smack dab in front of like the apartments, (laughs) Mariner's Mariner's Point. So it's like, how funny that today, you know, I was going to talk, do the the case on what happened at that apartment complex. Oh, my God. That's so creepy. Yeah, it was. Um, So anyway, she found him lying on the floor of his apartment in a pool of blood. And I'm going to play you a part of that 911 call, okay? Oh, okay. Oh, my God. I need help. The caller, 24-year-old Vegas Bray told the dispatcher she'd just found 31-year-old Victor Salcedo sprawled on the floor of his Imperial Beach apartment in a pool of blood. Please, send someone, please help me. It was a very emotional call that uh, she made. He's not breathing, he's not moving, he's so still. (laughs) Oh my God. She thinks uh, Victor is... So I got that uh, little 911 footage from (laughs) the snapped episode on oxygen they did um an episode at season 20 episode one. Oh, okay so you know she, clearly she's frantic um authorities arrived to the scene where vegas was there waiting for them and she said that she believed victor committed suicide but once they started looking at victor and his body they seen that he had nine gunshot wounds to his body what Three- exactly it's like um- God. Okay, and honestly, like the first time, the first part I heard of the nine one one call, I was like, "This sounds so fake." But then, like afterwards, I was like, "Okay, maybe sounds a little real." But I was like, "She's like, help me, uh, uh, I need help." Like what? <laughs> yeah, but it's I, just like to say that she thinks that he committed suicide, and uh, they're gonna see all these gunshot wounds to his body. He's like, "Oh, well, I missed the first time. I didn't hit the right." 
vital organ. I'm going to try eight more times. Like, what the fuck? No. Well, where the shots were, it's wild because three were to his face. One was to his right shoulder. One was to his right hand. One was to his left shoulder. One was to his lower chest and one to his abdomen. Okay. Yeah, that's what in the world is she talking about? She's just crazy. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the shots did appear to have been shot at a close range. Once the officers noticed that all of the gunshots went to Victor's body, they thought it was odd and it didn't appear to be a suicide. So they asked Vegas if she'd be willing to go to the station with them to, you know, for questioning. And she did agree. She didn't ask for an attorney or anything like that. And to test her hands for gunpowder residue, I hope. I don't think they did that, Arena. What? No. That's now the that first I, thing I would have been like, you made the 911 call. You are saying that you found him. And you say that he committed suicide when he obviously didn't. I'd be like, we need to test your hands right now. I didn't even think of that. And, no. and the, so one of my so- main sources were the court documents and... Shoot, not to my oh my gosh. recollection. I don't remember anything being mentioned about gunpowder. You know, oh, checking for that. Okay, okay. Um, but um, so Victor Saucedo, he was thirty-one years old at the time of his death. He was born on August twelfth, nineteen eighty-one, in Chicago, Illinois. Um, he grew up with both of his parents and his siblings. And in I think it said two thousand and one, he joined the Navy. Um, to which he was eventually stationed in San Diego, where he was working as a damage controlman aboard the USS Decatur and USS Sampson. Okay. And he served in the Navy. I'm confused because there's like one source said 10 years and another source said 12 years. But anyways, he did a good amount of time in the Navy. Um, But eventually he left the Navy just under a year before his death because actually... He has a son from a previous relationship. Mm-hmm. And so he was just like said to be such a good father that he decided to leave the Navy and go back to school to provide a better life for his son. He was attending the University of Phoenix and was working towards getting a degree in criminal justice. Oh, okay, cool. So Victor, um, I'm not sure if you ha- if you want to Google images of him, Victor Salcedo. He's very handsome. He worked out a lot. He was in great shape. Um, and he was known to date a lot of women and bring them to his apartment, which he shared with his roommates, which were like a bunch of other Navy guys or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. He was single. And as yeah. long as you're an adult and you both are like, con- you know, having consensual, consensual sex, you know, no strings attached. Strings attach. I can't talk today. As long <laughs> as you're safe about it and being upfront and honest, who cares? What's the big yeah. deal, right? Oh, I did, I am looking at photos. There's one of him in his navy uniform. Yeah, he was very handsome. Yeah, tall, tall. Yeah. I think it said he was six foot or six foot one. Yes, sir. Um. So, anyways, Victor was doing his thing and he was dating ladies. Yeah, and you know he did have some serious relationships in his past. Like the one I mentioned, his uh, ex-girlfriend, her name was Dominique. And when they broke up, that's shortly after that, she found out she was pregnant with their son. And um, even though they were broken up, Victor stepped up to be a present father in his son's life. And 
it was said that he was a great father, loved his son, and was just really proud to be that boy's dad. Okay. And actually, um, his son's mom, Dominique, she was quoted as saying, Victor was a big kid. He was more excited to go see the newest Disney movies than his son. <laughs> his son was his world. And I love that, right? <laughs> like, he reminds me of my brother Isaiah because Isaiah is very, like, childlike and he loves yeah. playing with, like, my nephew Josiah. Yeah. When Aiden was younger, he would really play, like, like a lot, like you know? And I love that. Oh, yeah. I mean... It's so funny because, like, I also get really excited for, like, Pixar movies and stuff. And so, like, <laughs> I'll go to the movies. I used to go to movies all the time with my friends. And, like, we'd be the only adults, like, without, without kids. kids. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> we'd go, like, yay! Toy Story, day. <laughs> oh, man. Toy Story is, like, one of my favorites. I know. Me, too. I love them so much. Not the fourth one, but I like the one, two, and three. <laughs> yeah, same here. The first three, um, number one was my favorite. Me too, me too. And then what about Wreck-It Ralph? Did oh, you like I that? love Wreck-It Ralph. I loved Wreck-It Ralph. The second one was really good too, the internet I, one. I didn't watch the second one. Oh, you, oh, you should watch it, um, Wreck-It Ralph. I think it breaks the internet. Oh, okay. So it's all about social media, online presence stuff, and like different apps and websites. It's really funny. Oh, okay. I'll give that a watch. Um, so like I mentioned, he was back in school, getting a degree, working towards, uh, ju criminal justice. So he was living in that apartment complex called Mariner's Point in Imperial Beach. Like I mentioned, he was living with other sailors in the apartment. So it was like a bachelor's pad. Mm -hmm. And it was in around 2008 where Vic uh, Victor had met Vegas Bray. Okay. So they met while they both were in the Navy. Okay. So she was working as a machinist on the base. And during that time, they never hooked up or anything. They were just friends. Um, so Vegas was born on August 31st, 1988. And she was born and raised in San Diego. She did grow up not ever knowing who her father was. And it is said that she had a troubled home life. And I read somewhere that um, I don't believe it was even her mother that raised her. I think it was like other family members um so she did have like a troubled childhood right mm -hmm. um but despite those challenges it was said that she was still a good student she got good grades um you know if you googled her image the damn bitch is obviously super pretty um yeah she is so she she's very pretty um and she ended up graduating from Hoover High School in 2007. And she was actually voted by her classmates best smile. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's really pretty, really pretty smile and really nice eyes. Yeah, I noticed that too. And after high school is when she enlisted herself into the Navy. And soon after that is when she met Victor. So I believe it was in 2012 when Victor left the Navy. And soon after is when Vegas actually asked to be charged out of the discharged out of the Navy. She sure. just didn't like working, you know, and doing the whole Navy life anymore. It really took a toll on her mental health and she was getting depressed. So she was honorably, not honorably, is that the right way? She was discharged, whatever. But honorably, like meaning she didn't do anything wrong. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, 
she needed money and she didn't really have any other job skills outside of the Navy. So she decided to get a job at the Little Darling Strip Club oh. in Lemon Grove. Oh, God. The Little <laughs> Darling Strip Club. Have you Club. been there? I mean, I've se- I haven't been there, but I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, I've been inside there. Well, you- I've never been inside of a strip club before. What? I know. I've been invited for like birthdays and randomness, but I not- I was supposed to go. Oh my gosh! Before the pandemic hit, I was supposed to go to TJ and go to um, bank. What was it called? Um, shit. Oh God! Don't tell me Hong Kong. Hong Kong. I was gonna call it Bangkok. Hong Kong. Because my no, friends have been there a bunch, and they're like, "Let's go! It's fun!" And I was like, "Okay!" And then we couldn't go anymore. <laughs> Oh my god, I've heard some wild stories yeah. of shit that goes down on that stage. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, I no heard idea. this wild story from someone. Uh, yeah, so, okay, I'll give what? the short version. Well, no, maybe I shouldn't say it. No, Anyways, there's just wild know. shit. No, 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 no. Okay, so <laughs> my, like, actually, Sal's friend went there. Oh, wait, was oh, it sure. Sal's friend? Sal's friend. No, <laughs> exactly, it's probably his fucking ass. <laughs> my friend has. Uh, trouble with erectile dysfunction. I was kidding. <laughs> and it's <laughs> really what them. I do? <laughs> well, allegedly, Sal's friend, probably Sal, went to what? Hong Kong. And um, so I guess when you go in there, you get like a ticket number. And if your number is called, you get to get brought on stage. And like the dancers um, do a special show for you in front of everyone. Well, his friend was brought on the stage. They called the number. And the girls did their dance on him. And then two girls started making out on the stage. And one girl pulled out a dildo and hammered that dildo and the other girl, like, on stage. What the fuck? And then the girl pulled out that dildo and put it in Sal's friend's mouth. And he had to, like, he was, like, giving the dildo a blowjob after it was in that girl. No way. So disgusting. That is so fucking <laughs> gross. You don't know yeah. what she has and stuff. Like, I mean, I hope they get tested, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, just be careful if you do go. I would just recommend just go to Little Darlings or go to like, I don't know, is Pacer still around? Is Pure Platinum still around? I don't know. I don't know. And this is crazy. I remember um, Jack Jaguars, Jaguars on um, Claremont Mesa. Mm-hmm. You know that one? No. It's called Jaguar. Or Cheetos? <laughs> oh, yeah. Cheetos. Close enough. <laughs> oh, my God. A big cat. Whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> Tigers. Lions. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sal said, though, he only went to them back in the days for their steak special. So, anyways. Um... Gosh. Okay, Sal. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, she was working there, but she didn't work as a stripper. She actually worked as, like, a cocktail waitress. Okay. And like you see in the picture, she was really pretty and she had this like really voluptuous body. So I'm sure she was probably making pretty decent money there. And it's also around this around this time is where she and Victor reconnected. So Vegas was really into like her fitness. And like I mentioned earlier, so was Victor. So they reconnected because they ran into each other at a local gym. Mm -hmm. And they ended up like starting to work out together. And eventually they would hang out outside of the gym and they eventually started dating. So they get into a relationship, and at first everything appears to be going great. They looked happy, and they enjoyed each other's company, and their friends like loved them together and thought they just made a really great couple. Yeah. 
But soon after, Vegas's um, jealous ways really started to show. So apparently, Vegas would get really jealous of like literally any girl that Victor talked to, even though it was literally just a friend, um, or if he like wrote and talked to, like even publicly, not even private message, but to a female on Facebook, she would just get really jealous and throw a big fit. And it was so bad where je- where Vegas was actually jealous of Victor talking to Dominique, his um, the mother of his child. Oh, God. And that's so stupid. Like, it's like, okay, I'm sure most ladies who, like, are dating men who have baby mamas, they don't necessarily always love when their men talks to them. But also, come on, if you're getting into a relationship, knowing that the person you're dating shares a child with someone, yeah. you have to understand that there's going to be communication that's going to take place. And you would hope that, like, your partner does have communication with the other parents of your child of that child because you want that child to have both parents in their lives too. You know, like it has absolutely to be, they have to communicate somehow. Absolutely, um, and like if that's something you can't handle, then don't get into that relationship. The fact that Victor was communicating with Dominique and Dominique was communicating with him. That's great. That's yeah. what you should want. You should want that quality in a man that you're dating to see that he has, if he has a child out there, he still communicates with the other parent. Like, yeah, that's and a good are, trait to have. And they're actually like civil and talking to one another, not like yelling or, you know, some sometimes those, like, they don't even want to talk to each other. Like, they don't even want to write each other. And they're just like, have to deal with one another because of the child. But if they have a good relationship, then that's really good. It is. Yeah. And um, eventually, though, Victor, he just ends up breaking up with Vegas because he just couldn't deal with the jealousy anymore. It was just too much for him. Yeah. So they break up, but they still end up like hooking up and having sex. They And I think that went on like there was one source that said it was over the next eight months and another said over the ten next 10 months. But Regardless, we do know that they're still hooking up and they're having sex, which I don't know. I think that's like rarely an ideal situation. Things yeah, usually girl. always get complicated. Yeah, that's way, that's too much because obviously she like didn't want to break up, but he did. He made the decision, but now he's kind of like stringing her along and being like, well, we can still hook up, but it's like, but you, we're not going to be a relationship. You can't be jealous of anyone that I talk to, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't know. It's that's not like you said, it's not ideal. No, somebody always gets hurt. And yep. Yep. it's just yeah, it, it's just usually bad. <laughs> but anyways, uh, this is when she starts stalking Victor. So she would go on and have sex with him. And then afterwards, they would try and get him um, or she would try to get him to get back with her. It said that she would literally beg him to get back into a relationship with him or with her. And he didn't want that. You know, he made it very clear. He said, you know, he just couldn't deal with her jealous ways. He did not want to be in a relationship. Yeah. So she'd get upset, but the cycle would just continue. She'd show up at his apartment. They'd have sex or he would invite her over. And it was just this vicious cycle, right? Yeah. Um, But what this crazy girl would do is she would show up like to his apartment complex just to like watch his apartment from the outside. Oh, God, that's so creepy. It's really scary. It really is. She would drive around, like, following him 
Um, she even has admitted to breaking his car windows on multiple occasions. What? Slashing his tires on at least two separate occasions. Oh, my God. And she even keyed his car. Okay, that's like such cliche shit. Like, oh, my God, she's crazy. What the hell is she thinking? I know. And there was even a time where she threw a jar of jelly through his living room window. <laughs> Your face was it or- open? Was it open? I don't know. It was probably one of those heavy smuckers, like glass jar ones. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. And she tossed it through that living room window. Can you imagine you're sitting in your... Well, yeah. one time Joel was sitting in his apartment and all of a sudden a fucking brick went flying through the window and smashed oh in his God. apartment. Yeah. So, and did I think that a- was just like a random homeless person. Oh, I was going to say, did it have a note? Like it was it meant for him? Yeah. But who knows? Uh, Joel Shady too. <laughs> yeah, kidding. he is. <laughs> and so another thing she did is she also threw paint and eggs at Victor's front door. Oh my God. What the hell? This is, that's unhinged. It is. I can't stop thinking about the jelly. I wonder, (laughs) (laughs) like, I want to know more. Did it hit the floor? Like, if it was open and, like, she knew that he had, like, carpet or something, and so the jelly would just get it all over. (laughs) Why she chose jelly is she she probably was at a grocery store, and she's just, like, obsessed and constantly thinking of him, and she's like, fuck it, what's the heaviest thing in my grocery bag? Damn, this jelly. And it, it was the window, like, so the window was open, and it didn't break anything? It wasn't the street or anything know. it went through? Oh, okay. I don't know. It didn't say that. <laughs> I'm way too invested in this jelly. <laughs> you are. I don't, know I don't know if it was strawberry, grape, what I it was. I know, right? What brand? Smuckers, great value. Yeah, I know. Yeah, is she at Walmart? <laughs> Who knows? But this girl, so... Victor, he started parking his car in a different area of the apartment complex um, just to, like, hopefully, you know, just avoid her. And so so he didn't call the cops or anything? Actually, he did. So he did. He had called on more than one occasion about the, um, what do you call it, Um, vandalism, I guess. Yeah, vandalism. And unfortunately, like, nothing was done no arrests were made and it sucks like i don't know if it's because he was a man i really don't know i can't speak on it i don't know but it's like it's one of those things where they're like well did they actually physically hurt you it's like no but there are all these signs that it's leading up to crazy shit that and you're scared for your life like obviously this always happens like if nothing gets done it escalates and then something awful happens yep and he actually ended up moving to, like, a, he stayed in the same car- apartment complex, but he moved to a different unit. Okay. Um, like, after these things started taking place because he was scared and he was just tired of it. <clears throat> but I should also mention, throughout all of this stalking and harassment, Victor was still sleeping with her. What? Wait, did... Did he know that she was actually like following him and stuff? Or did he, he? like he told his friends and he did tell the police, um, you know, about it. But I don't know. I mean, maybe like because at first I was like, gosh, man, why? But then I was like, well, maybe he's like, okay, this girl's like, she's clearly crazy, but maybe she's not insane enough to like kill me. She's just loves me that I, I really don't know. But or maybe she was that 
good. Like, I really don't know. I mean, maybe their sexual chemistry was just like really good. You know, um, he was just also like, again, like I read, I read a bunch of like friends testimony and statements about him. And they just did talk about what a nice guy he was. Um, Some maybe it was just too forgiving. I don't know. But I did search up um, on Facebook for Vegas because at that time, you know, people were already using Facebook. And I found her Facebook and she made a post on, gosh, something's in my throat, on August 22nd of 2012. So that would have been a couple months before the murder. It's still active? Mm -hmm. It's still active. If you go on Facebook, like I still have a Facebook, but I rarely post. I have it for groups I'm in. I, I have it for certain uh, people that just don't use like anything else. They uh-huh. have old family members. <laughs> right. That's Honestly, that's why I have it for my yeah. tias. <laughs> so she made this post and she was just blasting Victor's character. She said, and this is quote, what do you, wait, it says, what do you do when you find out that your ex, Victor C. Salcedo, was cheating on you during the last four months of your relationship? with shemales at findashemalelover.com. I mean, I only know this because I hacked the dumbass's email account. Which, like, girl, chill. Like, I don't even believe what the fuck she posted. I really don't. Like, I just really don't believe it. The girl was crazy, and it's like... And then putting him on blast like that on social media is so low. It is. And It like, is. But I don't even believe her. Fa- what about your character, Vegas? What about the shit you're doing? Like, you're going way far and you're like saying that he's a bad person. Oh, he could have put a post. What do you do about a girl when a girl's keying your car, throwing jelly through your fucking yeah. window? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and be- I don't think he was cheating. Yeah. Hold on, let me sip on some wine because something's in my throat. But I will say um, some wild stuff is despite all of this going on. A few weeks ago before, or I'm sorry, a few weeks before he passed away, Uh he agreed to co-sign for her to get an apartment in his Uh, complex. No. Do you think he was scared of her? I think that he did that because I was racking my brain thinking why, but I was like, he probably did that just to think like, okay, maybe if I do this, her stalking will stop. And I did end up finding an article where a a friend did mention that he did it because he thought, well, maybe if I do this for her, she'll stop. He was probably so, so desperate, poor thing, like really. I know, that's crazy. And then like he was asking for help, but no one would help him. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So on October 15th, 2012, Victor asked Vegas if she wanted to come over and have a drink. Well, those drinks led to quite a few drinks and they ended up having sex and she spent the night the next morning she asked victor if he wanted to go out for breakfast and victor said no you know i don't want to go to breakfast and this enraged her she literally actually said you want to fuck me but you can't go out and eat breakfast with me she was angry and she just said that she felt ashamed so that was just like a little backstory on them. And I know I started it off with the whole 911 call. Yeah. And then detectives arriving, finding Victor with the nine gunshot wounds. So now we're going to go back to once, you know, detectives were there and found Victor Sacedo's body. Mm-hmm. So 
<clears throat> they asked her, you know, what do you think really happened here? And she said again, you know, I think he committed suicide. And because at this point, remember, they're in the interrogation room because she yeah. willingly went to go, get, you know, get questioned. So she starts telling the detectives how she met Victor, you know, meeting him in the Navy. And she told them that she really was in love with him. Uh, she told them that out of nowhere, he unfriended me on Facebook and he broke up with me over the phone. And she told them that, you know, they were friends with benefits. And she said that when she left Victor's house that morning, she was planning on meeting up with one of their mutual friends to go to the gym. And she said she doesn't remember anything else after that. She said that she blacked out. All she remembers is getting on the freeway. And next thing you know, she wakes up and she's right next to his dead body. What? And sees her gun. She does have a gun. And she said her gun was lying next to him. Oh, my God. They always say that. Oh, I blacked out. I don't know what happened. Right. And nobody ever claims like hearing her tell anybody of like ever experiencing these like blackout episodes. Yeah. What the hell? So the police felt like they had enough evidence to like arrest her. Mm -hmm. So they end up placing Vegas under arrest. So this is when they started interviewing Victor's and Vegas's friends. And the friends told the detectives about all of the harassment that was going on in the stalking. Actually, one of Victor's friends <clears throat> said that one time Victor told him that he woke up to Vegas sitting on his chest with a damn gun to his face. Oh, my God. Like in uh, in Goodfellas. I've never seen that Renette. movie. Renette, <laughs> I had a conversation with Bubba the other day and he was like, God damn it. Uh, he was like, I, I make movie references all the time. And every time I'm around Renette, I make references. And she never knows what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, he was asking me, have you seen Ted? I'm like, nope. He's like, have you seen da-da-da-da? I was like, nope. Uh, <laughs> I like, think I have like maybe a good six movies that I only watch like on rotation. Oh, my gosh. Forrest Gump, A Bronx Tale, Pulp Fiction, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And hmm, maybe that's it. Although I did go this week to watch um, a movie called The Sound of Freedom. Uh -huh. Oh my God, Arena. All I have to say is like, I highly encourage everyone to watch it. It's Wait, like based that? off on a true story of um, a Homeland Security officer and how he helped assist like in the arrest of pedophiles and rescuing sex trafficked children. It's like a really good movie. Anyways, I, I could go on and on. Just be prepared. You know, it, it's like, I hope that this can open. I mean, I always knew how horrible it was in the sex trafficking situation, but this yeah. really can hopefully open a lot of people's eyes. Oh, wow. Okay. So anyways, um, you know, she, let's see, where did I leave off, Arena? Oh, yeah. So, oh, and, so the and, chest the, or the gun to his face. Yeah. So when they interviewed the actual gangster, the guy who... Ray Liotta plays in the movie they uh -huh. interviewed him and they're like what's the what's the scariest moment of your life like which part of your life were you you really thought that you were gonna just die like instantly he mm -hmm. said he was like Af of all the violent things he's done of all the crazy gunfights and all the crazy shit illegal shit he's done and all the most dangerous people he's been involved with the scariest moment of his life 
was when he woke up to his wife, angry, angry, vengeful wife, sitting on his chest with the gun pointed at his face. And she was ready to pull the trigger because she found out some shit about him and she was like about to kill him. And he was like, that was the scariest moment of my life. He was like, I really thought he was going to do it. (laughs) So he, fuck. Yeah. People are crazy, right? I I mean, that was the movie, but this hoe, this is like really real life. Yeah, yeah. Well, this happened in real life too, but that's crazy. Oh. Yeah, because it was based on a true story. Oh, shit. Okay. No, but uh, you would like it. Yeah, really. It's one of those, the greatest like gangster movies. Sure. okay i'll give it a watch okay <laughs> so um okay so now in vegas's first court appearance she, she flips out and i'm going to play you a little audio so you can hear her freak out hold on just a second okay yeah i, I think i saw when i googled her name i saw a photo of her like screaming and crying and she has her arms behind her back yeah yeah so bitch i don't know it's if like that, if you if she got like that in court when you're supposed to be on the best behavior can you imagine like dude yeah okay that's not going down for a murder that didn't even happen um i didn't know i'm not doing i'm not i'm not going down to something i don't remember doing and, and people can't tell the story straight this is probably why i'm here in the first place bray was reacting to testimony so anyways oh my gosh she's that is so, I always hear about, I hope I never have to be in a courtroom like that, but I always hear about how people have to like bite their tongue with mm-hmm. like saying shit because not just the ones being accused, but like the victim's families and stuff like that, everyone that's there. And it's like, oh my gosh, so many times that you want to just like yell or like scream or, you know, cuss someone out, but they can't, they'll get kicked out of court or be held for contempt or whatever. Yes. That's insane that she did. Yeah. That. Yeah. And her attorney, like, um, she did try calming her down, yeah. but she just wouldn't stop. So she ended up having to get escorted out of the courtroom. Yeah. And so after seeing her outburst, um, the defense asked for a psych evaluation. And she was actually evaluated for three months. And gosh, what is in my throat? And they said that she was not deemed fit to stand trial. Um, So she was in a psych facility for three years. What? Three years. Holy crap. I mean, I'm not that surprised that she, like, isn't fit to be put in court. But damn, like, she was that bad? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. So fast forward three years later, in October of 2015, the trial begins. So Vegas had a brother named Santiago, and he testified saying that Vegas actually called him after she shot Victor. So remember, she said she blacked out? Yeah. um, And she didn't know what happened, and she thought he committed suicide. So he said that she called him and told him that she loved him and then hung up. And he just knew something was wrong. So he kept trying to call her back. She wasn't answering. Finally, when she answers, she uh, he asked her, what's wrong? And she said, I think I shot Victor. I shot him and I killed him. He's dead. Oh, my God. That's insane. And the brother is coming out saying this stuff against her. Yeah. And I'm really glad that he did that because, yeah. like, thank goodness he was honest about it. A lot of families try to cover up for horrible things that other family members do. Yeah, I, I will never understand that. Like, it's, I know it's hard to see your loved one 
be put away or be for the rest of their life. But the fact that that person took someone else's life away, like that guy was also someone's son. Like he had his parents, someone's family brother. members. Yeah, someone's brother, someone's friend. And she had no right to take his life away. No. And so when she told her brother about what she'd done, um, she told her she told him that she was going to kill herself. But he talked her out of doing that, and he really encouraged her to call nine one one to tell them what you know what happened. And that's when she made the nine one one phone call. And um, so let me see. So now. Prosecution said that Vegas murdered Victor because he wouldn't take her back and it drove her insane. And it was a situation where if I can't have you, no one can. Yeah. It yeah. was just the ultimate ultimate act of obsession. Oh, God. And the defense said, well, we never denied that she shot him, but she blacked out and she doesn't remember doing this. She's not a monster because she was the one that called 911. Oh, my God. They really got nothing to grasp onto. <laughs> they no, have, they don't. Oh, they don't have any real defense. <laughs> No, they do not. They were just trying to convince the jury that she was like blacked had out. some but blacked out. She was like mentally ill and had some sort of like psychotic episode. I mean, that too, but at the same time, yeah, she fucking murdered someone. So Exactly. Yeah. And something that was shown and brought up in her trial is um she had a laptop and on the laptop she was like in the little note section, she wrote about how much she hated Victor. And girl, tell me why she had a freaking bucket list. She oh, wrote yeah. down her bucket list. And let me tell you, she said on that bucket list, she had different things, which whatever, it's bullshit. Guess. I'm not even going to read that part. But she said she wanted to find Victor and kill him. Oh. And then she wrote that she was going to kill him herself afterwards. But that was her bucket list. Wow. Wow. Well, she got one thing off her list, I guess. And two months prior to the murder, she purchased that revolver that was lying next to Victor's body. Oh, my God. So that just shows with all this evidence, that wasn't no damn blackout. This was premeditated murder. Yep, premeditated, definitely. Now, during the trial, Victor's family and friends, they showed up like, like in, um, there was like a deep group for him. Like, th there was so many people there to support yeah. him. And... It was just really packed, and they spoke about what a great father Victor was, a friend, oh, I a thought, son, and brother. I forgot that he had a kid. Oh, my gosh. That's yes, great. and something, actually, that I did forget to mention, um, the following day after Victor's murder, a how do you say, vigil? Yeah, vigil was held for him, and um, his son did speak, and I think he might have been six or seven years old oh at the time. Oh, my gosh, little baby. And he was so freaking cute and he said um this is in quote he said my dad is the only guy i know that's why i love him so much so super much my dad died last night because the ex-girlfriend killed my dad oh my god it's so freaking sad so Poor sad and me. this freaking girl taking away the father of this beautiful little boy and so um, actually, then um, the little boy's grandma talked, and let me see what she said. She said, in quote, he called the police. He didn't have enough evidence. How much evidence do you need? Now he's dead. Yeah. Yep. It's like, yeah, you're, you're right. And something that um, 
his son's mom said that she was going to do for him, which I thought was like really, really sweet, is she said, I'm going to make a collage on the wall and discuss his dad every day. We are still going to do things his dad enjoyed doing with him. I'll never be able to fill that empty void in my son's heart of not having his dad, but I'm going to try my best so he never forgets his dad. I love that. That just shows how nice of a guy he was, how good of a guy he was, that she, the baby mama, was willing to do that for Mm -hmm. like his son. And Oh my God, that's so sad. It is. And so after the jury deliberated, Vegas was thankfully found guilty of first-degree murder. Yeah. She was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison and then an additional 25 years for the use of a gun to commit the murder. Sure. And that was the case of Victor Salcedo. Dang. Is she still alive? Or do you know where she's yep. at? Is she in the... Um, she's. I'm not sure which prison she's in. Okay. But um, gosh, I think her chance at parole if i remember correctly was in 2066 oh my god yeah so a long ways away but it's like okay the girl was crazy but she was not insane she knew exactly what she was doing and she deserves that sentencing that she got oh my god wow that's so it just crazy. amazing it's me at just how wild it is that someone like can't live without someone yeah like, to the point of obsession and they just like, like you said, it's like, if no one can have them, if I can have them, no one can have them. Yeah. And I hope this is just like also an eye opener that men are just as susceptible to domestic violence as women are. Hell yeah. I've known a lot of my guy friends who have dealt with crazy abusive girls and I feel so bad for them because no one takes them seriously or they can't talk to certain friends or family members about it because they feel like they're just going to get made fun of and shit. And I'm like... Dude, like, it's insane. But yeah, definitely that can happen to anyone, no matter what sex or race you are. It's It sucks, and you should definitely try to help your friends out or your family member if you see that some shit's happening, because it could escalate. You don't know how far it's going to really go. You really don't know. Yeah. You really don't know. Oh, my God. So, anyways, that was the case. Rest in peace to Victor. Now rest and in peace. condolences go out to, you know, his whole family and especially his son. I saw a photo of her like recently mm-hmm. in her in her jail outfit mm-hmm. and she gained a lot of weight. She did and good. Okay. She the girl did. looks haggard now. She does. She doesn't have her nails done. She doesn't have her makeup or hair done. <laughs> no. She looks horrendous. That's what she's disgraceful. She now looks like what she looks like on the inside is rotten. Ex- exactly. Rotten. <laughs> ugly, poor, ugly, ugly, ugly ass ugly. girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my God. Well, I'm glad like she was immediately caught because like obviously the fact that she used the excuse that he committed suicide and that she blacked out was just ridiculous. It was. It really was. And I hope that she's getting bullied. Yep. And, that pre- and I look at, I don't wish bad on anybody, but like when you do some stuff as horrible as this and now leave this boy without his father, it's like, yeah, no, you don't deserve to like just chill in prison and eat top ramen and get fat. Like, well, yeah, you deserve <laughs> to get fat, but just like, I hope somebody's bullying you and telling you every day how ugly you are. Hope how she awful gets you are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Arena. 
<laughs> so like when I'm looking to you, some little horns are growing out of those that hair of yours. <laughs> Again, rest in peace to Victor and yeah. you know, condolences to all of his family and thank you yeah. everyone for listening to our podcast. Yeah, thank you so much and um we hope you enjoyed and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.